Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we We have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. (laughs) Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions, so make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, so let's jump into the show. One of the things that drew us to begin recording the stories of our clients and friends was realizing just how incredible they are and their stories of resilience and badassery and how they didn't realize this about themselves until we pointed it out. I think especially in American culture, women are taught not to brag and to be very humble. So really until someone says, wait, bitch, you did that? Most women that we've come across, and let's face it, this is New York City, and we have a collection of the world's smartest, most beautiful, hardest working women. So it's safe to say that this is probably a worldwide female trait. Most women do not take the time to realize their greatness and their power. What drew us to Tavla Sampson, our guest for today, is a short 15-minute film that takes us through four generations of her family in a way that moved us so much that we just knew we wanted to know more about her, her life, and her family's history. And when we told this to Tava, she responded in the way as all of the other women did before her. I can't believe anyone's interested in me and my family's history. So besides the fact that her mother is a journalist who interviewed serial killer John Wayne Gacy, and besides the fact that her grandfather was Native American actor, activist, and artist Will Sampson of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and besides the fact that her father Tim Sampson was a stuntman, Broadway actor, Native American activist, and artist, Tava herself is a photographer, an author, an artist, and soon will be adding entrepreneur to her list of credentials. She takes us on a journey from growing up on the West Coast, following her passion for film to New York City, the great loss of her father, and pivoting into her passion for botanical body care. 
Tava speaks candidly about how the wellness industry is largely created for and by people that don't look like her and what it means to her to build a truly sustainable brand. In this time of the Cultural Revolution, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge and celebrate the Native people of our land who are oftentimes overlooked and forgotten in history and widely oppressed. You guys are going to see, Tava is fucking incredible. I actually met her when she came to get a facial from me, and I was like, holy shit, this chick is so cool. <laughs> I know that you'll love listening to her stories, so I hope that you all enjoy the interview. I'm Tava Sampson. Uh, I've lived in New York for about 11 years at this point, and I've been doing art direction and set design for photo and video pretty much since the day I landed here, um, which I'm since retiring from, but we'll get to that later. Oh, wow. <laughs> Retiring at 30, everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. It's awesome. definitely like a needed transition change. Cool. You know, you get to the point in your life and you're like, what do I, what do I want? Yeah, that's so <laughs> cool. Of course. So we watched that short film about you. We've watched it oh, a couple cool. of times. Yeah, no, it because we were both, I'm sure you, this is how most people react to it, but we were like extremely moved by it. Yes. And we watched it again together today, but we watched it separately a few days ago. You guys are so sweet. We no, were texting like each other, crying, like, and crying. I was like, is this a normal reaction? Like, am I being overly emotional, or did, did, did like, the art work? Did it, just, like, it worked. Did it do it, what it's supposed it to do? Everything. And watching it again today, there's, like, little pieces that we didn't even, like, catch, I guess, the first time we watched it. Yes. We were just like, holy shit, how is this, in, how is this 15 minutes, and it's affecting me? Like, something totally. that is, like... Yeah. hours long yeah you guys are amazing that that was actually like a really incredible project because the girls who made that and directed it are these sisters kelsey and rainy bennett who i've been friends with for years and years and i sort of like never really thought to like tell people about like my family i don't know you're just like young in new york and like living your life and i'm not gonna be like so my family guys right. <laughs> yeah. also family isn't like as cool when you're younger like as you get older right right yeah, i'm like we need to, to talk about their grandparents like but right. um so but like obviously they found out and they're they make short films and so they really wanted to do this piece and so they flew to new york and did some or not new york portland where i grew up and did like interviews with my mom and my dad and made this really beautiful, like, 15-minute short where it's funny because you don't string your life together like that. But mm -hmm. when someone else does, you're like, oh, whoa, like, that is how, like, the progression of things. But you don't think about it in that context when it's you. Totally. Yeah, it was a really amazing project to be part of. And it premiered at, like, the, the little theater at the Roxy Hotel and did, like, a little Q&A afterwards. So and, cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really cool. And I think that's kind of what Alex and I are trying to do with the podcast is, and that what she was saying is that we just know so many incredible women and you hear their stories and we're just sitting here, like, astounded by what they are doing or were able to do and they're just like girl like what are you talking about that's nothing because in new york it's so normal right like everybody up until recently was just like go 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 i'm working on this i'm working on that and so you're just surrounded by so much incredible creative energy that i think like people get lost in like their greatness and so right. like, we try to sort of just like slow down and share your greatness <laughs> with, like, <laughs> with uh, our little podcast audience. So, and just like, it's such a good way. Of yeah. Just that. kind of like taking a moment to just celebrate, but also just to show, share like the journey since we were so moved by the documentary or the short film, we were thinking like maybe we'll lead up to that. Like maybe you can tell us about 
your background that led us to get sort of to the film and then maybe we can just like gush about the film a little bit and like ask you lots of questions <laughs> about I'm, like that. obsessed with it. We have a lot to say about it. So tell us maybe a little bit about growing up in Portland. Yeah, I grew up in LA going to like sweet little private art schools. Like my mom and dad had split, but like my dad was very much in my life every weekend. Um, and my mom, as you probably saw in the film, was a journalist and really sort of starting her career when I was younger um, and going on these really wild sort of insane stories, like chasing these stories that no one else really wanted to touch. Like, you know, the John Wayne Gacy, like traveling so and hanging out with him. It's so wild. I actually were cleaning out my like childhood home this a couple months ago and we found like a card like a signed autograph picture of himself that he wrote to me saying like to Tava wow. keep smiling I just got John. the chills wow. I know chills I and like, it's a million whoa. degrees in here yeah. now. and it was like crumpled like in between a book we're like yeah. oh maybe we should say yeah hell yeah how old were you at the time when your mom went and interviewed him um when she did that story I think I was four wow so I was pretty young um which I thought was pretty cool. Now that I'm older, you know, I'm 30 now. And now that, and she was, I guess, at that age, like 32. Now that I think about it, I'm like, God, that's so badass. Like she yes, had a yeah, little kid. She was a single mom and like was sort of just finding her footing in the writing world. Oh, we gathered just, that she's a badass. Yeah. She, yeah she, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, she's kind of always like been a badass anyway. But it, yeah, so she started like doing these really incredible stories. So I was four when she did that. And then um, when I was, I guess, like older, about 13 or something, I remember going actually on the road with her because she was um, writing a piece on the Rajneesh cult outside of Oregon. Oh, wow. um, and wow. so we actually like went to this cult and like stayed. So like just kind of wild stuff. Stop. So I was her little like, you know, partner in crime for most of these stories that she was doing and even if like I wasn't there like she was just so like absorbed in it like at home like writing 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 so it's pretty cool to watch see growing up that's yes. crazy what made her yeah. and I don't want you I feel bad asking you to answer for your mother but like should, should we phone her in I know <laughs> we, we might need her on another episode <laughs> well it's so interesting what an interesting um I guess beat to choose yeah for, like, like you can write about anything right yeah, like as a journalist right but she was so, like, like right it's a certain i mean i don't like cultism and i guess and like serial killers there's a certain type of just like human aspects that connects the two of them and i can't put my words on them but yeah. your mom seems to be attracted Drawn, to them yeah right which is well i think it's also that's part of it it's like the human aspect where it's like it's so easy to label so many things as like demonstrative and like you know it's bad 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 and like that's the label and my mom's like well what's the actual story you know there's mm, always yeah. another side to the story and even if someone is like a psychopath like let's go and talk to this guy you know so right. the article that she or whatever she's written about John Wayne Gacy is that like available on the internet yeah it's called I believe it's called Chasing Gacy um and it was written I believe for the LA Weekly I could be wrong about Ooh, this wow need to read that I would check there first <laughs> <laughs> but I can also easily just call her after this and ask her <laughs> so nuts like again like you said when it's your own like family and your parents you're like uh I don't know yeah it's <laughs> like, just the thing it's, it's mom's job it's just what she it's did it's mom's job yeah yeah and so you when she was traveling around were you still in in LA you went with her to all these different places um I would mostly stay in LA with my dad occasionally I would go with her um but yeah my dad was always around my dad was also an actor so if 
you know, they very much like handled the co-parenting well. Like if he was on location for a couple months, like my mom had me, if my mom needed to go in a story, he had me. So they, they were pretty, they were very easy with each other. Like always, always have been like actually like best friends. Like my dad called my mom, like his best friend, which is so sweet. Stop. I love that. So, so he was an actor too. Was it because of your grandfather that he kind of got into that? Yeah. When he was 18, he had just graduated from Indian boarding school um, in Oklahoma and he had a scholarship to play basketball because he was like, sort of like my grandpa, just like so tall. Like my grandpa was six, seven. My dad was like a very strapping, like six, five. And so he would play basketball his whole high school career and was like basketball star and had a scholarship. But my grandpa was acting now at this point and was like, you want to come on the road with me? Wow. And they very much lived like this incredible, like that vagabond lifestyle where it was like doing movies and then sort of living on the road. Like they would actually just in order to like travel from place to place, they would um, play pool like at bars and win money to get to the next town. And then at restaurants, they would trade art for food. Like they would draw on like a napkin or a placemat and like in in place of money, they would give the restaurant these pieces and they'd give them food. And then they would just like win. I mean, they were pool sharks. So they would just play pool until they got a couple hundred bucks and could get some gas in the car and make it to the next town. That is so damn cool. Uh, Would you tell the listeners who your grandfather was? Because your grandfather was an incredible, a pretty incredible man, it sounds like. I mean, your father also, but... Yeah, two very incredible men. My grandpa was, um, well, he was originally like a local rodeo star. He was an artist and an activist and was on the rodeo circuit up until um, he became an actor. And the first role he did was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So he had never acted a day in his life or really even thought about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. But I guess when they were trying to cast for this movie, they were really trying to find like a Native American who was very tall. And traditionally, actually, Native Americans are not super tall. So they mm. really couldn't find their I guy. Yeah. And so someone, someone's mechanic told them like, oh, Sonny Sampson, which is his rodeo name, was his rodeo name. They're like, Sonny Sampson is like the tallest Native guy you're going to find. Like, he's a rodeo star. Like, just go down to the rodeo and like call his name on the loudspeaker, like, take a look at this guy. So they did that. And they went to the rodeo a couple times. And every time they called his name on the loudspeaker, he would get in his truck and take off because they he just assumed that like, whoever was trying to find him was like, <laughs> crazy ex or like, oh law, or yeah. like someone trying to get some money that he uh, you know what I mean? Totally. So, it took him a while to, like, nail him. I feel like it's such a story of, like, oppressed people. I mean, even now, like, because we're... So the studio's private, but if I ever see, like, a white guy lingering outside, I'm like, who is he? What is he doing here? Did I do something wrong? Is he here for me? Right, what does he want? Yeah, what does he like, want? No. Yeah. Definitely. Totally and especially back that. then, like, the law was definitely not totally. on, like, you know, the native side. Like, if anything, the Absolutely. law was the yeah. ones were coming after you, so... Yeah, oh it took God. him took him a while to get him. They finally got him, cast him. I mean, he was a natural, obviously. And then after that, was like, oh, this is like an actual like way to have a good life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he grabbed my dad as soon as my dad had finished school, and they just continued to do that together my dad started out um being his stunt double originally for films oh, i love that <laughs> because they really were just like 
the exact same <laughs> physically. Right. And then my dad actually ended up getting into like the stunt union and was a stunt man. Like he like oh, wow. drove cars like and did like flips and did jumps off of buildings. Like he was a stunt man and then eventually became an actor because sort of like a ballerina, like your your career ends at a certain <laughs> point when you're your body's like had enough. But yeah, your body just gives out by the time you're like thirty five. You're like, well, that's that's it. Yeah, I love that. Did your grandfather and your dad, like, try to immerse you in Native American culture when you were a kid? Yeah, so my grandpa actually passed away two years before I was born, so I never met him. But, um, yeah, sadly, I never met him, but he knew I was coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He seemed really Um, awesome. Yeah, he's, uh, people said that he, if he wanted to be the scariest man in the room, he could be by not even, like, saying anything, just, like, a look. (laughs) I mean, he's six, seven. (laughs) 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 But also just, like, so smart and kind and wise and, like, stoic. And my dad was exactly the same way. My dad was a little more, like, goofier, but still had that same, like, stoicism about him. Mm -hmm. And they were just, like, these beautiful creatures, too, just, like tall, long-haired, tan, like, amazing men. For real, though. (laughs) For real, yeah. (laughs) So my dad definitely started immersing me when I was pretty little. I started dancing traditionally at powwows when I was about, I mean, dancing is a strong term for a two-year-old, but (laughs) (laughs) I was like a shawl dancer when I was about two, I guess, and then um, became a jingle dress dancer when I was five. Um, and then after that, I actually kind of stopped going to powwows for a bit because my dad started working more and I also became older and you start getting like a little bit of like a middle school social life. So it's like, why would I go to a powwow when I can go swim in my friend's pool? (laughs) And then here you are at 30, like, I'm going to this every year. Right. Now I'm like driving across the country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely took like there was a big stretch of time where I I really wasn't going at all and my dad was working which was amazing he ended up getting cast so they ended up doing Cuckoo's Nest on Broadway in Chicago and in London Um, so he sort of traveled around doing the play for years which was incredible so 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 he played your grandfather's role yeah Yeah. I love that incredible I know yeah yeah I got to see him on Broadway and then um, they ended up doing the play in Portland at a little theater years later um, so I saw him in Portland too. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. But yeah, so he was working a lot, and then um, at fourteen, my mom, so my mom and stepdad, uh, who and my stepdad's been like my stepdad since I was like six. Like he's like my other dad. Aww. When I was fourteen, they had really had enough of LA. They're like, we want to buy a house. Like then my stepdad was like a contractor, like miserable. Like they're like, we need a new, a different life. So he was originally from Portland, and he's like, let's go check out Portland. This was, like, way before Portland became the Portland it is now. Portland, like, yeah. it was still <laughs> Port- It was before <laughs> Portland, yeah. Like, everything was still, like, very, very small, like, super affordable. Like, if you wanted to, like, move to Portland and be, like, a part-time beekeeper, like, you could. Because, <laughs> like, life Which is how I imagine it's supposed to be yeah. there. It's awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Portland's, like, as expensive as New York now. It's, like, so yeah. crazy. Wow. Oh my God! As yeah, anything as expensive as New York is. It's like no, it just you gotta be. rewind a little. Yeah, like, go back to the beekeeping. Don't forget where you came from, Portland. <laughs> when I still lived there, you could like my friends who had like lived in their own places were paying like two hundred dollars a month. What? For it. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> that's like that's 
that was the last two hundred. <laughs> mm-hmm. God, I, okay. I'm and not you can have like a house, like not like a house to yourself, right. but you could have like a like gorgeous, a normal home, like, three story right. house with like a yard. Three. So like, of course, like <laughs> young people, you would like share a house with like five of your friends and have this like amazing place, which like of course you destroyed because you're right. 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so yeah, they we moved there when I was 14, and it was the summer. Right between eighth grade and high school, oh which my is God. a was that brutal year. for you? Yeah. That must have been you must have been brutal. Pissed. Right. It was the biggest culture shock because up until then I'd oh, actually been in like way. private art schools my whole life. Right. Which is oh. kind of like funny because my parents were not rich at all. Like my dad like went through like bouts of living in his car. Like we were not rich at all. But my grandparents, my mom's parents, like always made sure I was in like a good school, which was Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in these like little art schools where you like have your class of 12 kids and you're with them for like six years. And you have like a little cubby, like even in like seventh grade. And so I went from like that, like a little sweet, like dancing in the daisies art school to like, boom, the public school. (laughs) And and it was high school. Yeah. And it was high school. So I went from like having a like a class of like 12 kids to having a class of like 700 like in my wow. grade. Like it was insane. Like I'd never had a locker before. Like I never heard like a bell. Like it was just yeah. wild. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. That's such I mean it's shocking too because you came from LA so you would think opposite, right? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Right. You would yeah, you would think. Yeah, <laughs> it was like there was like the nerds that were getting like put into dumpsters by like the high school, like the, the football team or whatever. Oh it was God. very much like the movie wow. and I was like, "Oh my God, get me out of here." Like yes. I hated it. That sounds like an art kids like nightmare. <laughs> It yeah, yeah. It, it was a nightmare. And I honestly, I can't say I ever like loved it. But like, I, I adapted pretty quickly and like made friends. And I actually loved growing up the second half in Portland, loved it would not have traded it for the world. But the first year I was like, what's going on? Right. Where the fuck did you bring <laughs> yeah. me? Right. I was like planning my like escape every I was like, so I'm gonna run away on Saturday. Like <laughs> I mean, that's an intense move when you are at this like weird point in your life. I mean, fourteen years old is like the worst age, arguably. It's the worst. Yeah. It's yeah. the worst. I also was like so LA at that time, like Ugg boots like were all the rage right oh so like so I would bad. like come to like my new school with like a skirt and like Ugg boots on no matter what time of year and I just got like people were like who is this girl yes. and not in a not in a fun way <laughs> I was like where's all the Ugg boots yeah <laughs> god it's so, so amazing funny. Portland and LA aren't even like that far from each other I imagine the cultures are very different, different. yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh my God, that's insane. So, so that, were you, so, high, so what were you like in, in your next high school? Did you still take like art class? Obviously, I mean, I would imagine you still like fell into the art crowd and all of that. Or did you? Yeah, definitely. I sort of like after about, I guess it was after my freshman year, I actually like made a point to myself to be like, okay, this is like not like my people like even just like high school in general I felt not that I was like cooler but I felt like a little more like I knew there was like other things out there beyond this weird world that's so temporary so I was after my first year there I was like okay like I need to find out what's going on in the city like outside of high school because I can't do this for another three years so and that's kind of when I really found like my crew of people like my best friends like still my best friends to this day 
where I just really got like involved in like the art scene and like music scene and just the things that were going on in Portland that at that time was such an incredible place for it. You know, like young people still like had free reign to do whatever they wanted. So there's some cool things happening there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was really into fashion design back then. So I like started putting on my own like guerrilla style fashion shows and like empty warehouses. Like I love this. That's awesome. It was so and I really I found like people like that just became my crew and we just sort of took the city by storm I guess yeah. <laughs> never really that is super school. like cool. high school felt like First my day job thing. and then like the rest of the day like hours in the day the <laughs> evening felt like okay now this is like my life that I like that so analogy cool. well too is I, I love that in high school you knew you had something outside of I mean at that age I should say you had something outside of high school like I didn't have a tr- like a passion like something that I knew yeah like was calling me yeah not at all so the fact that you were maybe because you came from LA so you just knew that there was another world outside of like whatever yeah. little bubble these people were in that you could see through I, mean, I don't know it's just very cool it's so fucking cool I know like, I'm just like wait what yeah and mature also to kind of just be like all right so I'm gonna do this during the day I'll go see my homies at night and we're gonna do this <laughs> right. fashion show Right. Well, yeah. So I actually ended up, so like my sophomore year, I ended up meeting this girl in my high school who I'd already seen, but she was way cooler because she was a year older and it's been like a year in Paris. So like I didn't even see her really. And she came back from France and was now. Yeah. So she was like amazing. And I sort of like from afar was just like, I really want to be friends with this girl. Like I feel like of like the thousands of people I saw every day in school, I was like, she's like I need to get to know her because she just like there was something about her that was just like I could like feel like the kindred You're soul like that's my, like, oh my god I think I think that's my people mm-hmm. and so we really just like ended up like making a weird friend date on MySpace like yes. wrote, wrote each other on shout MySpace. out to MySpace <laughs> and like the second like the since the first day we were together we're like oh this is it and she is still my best friend to this day and she lives in new york and she owns um floratica that flower company you know like floratica flowers i know of them because of you i'm pretty sure i follow floratica now on instagram yeah yeah she's incredible and like those flowers for like like editorial and fashion and it's like next level floral design she's next level she's next level like she's like top tier anyway like still my best friend to this day like started this company she worked at like marlo and sons for her first couple years and then managed dimes for a few years in chinatown yeah and then started her like floral company a few years ago and it's just taken off um but like to this day, like, we just have never stopped making projects together. So that's the flower install I was texting with you. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, I can't. Because <laughs> so she's cool. doing, like, a job. And, like, I always, like, whenever I can, I'm like, I'll come help you do whatever. So I love that. I love that you guys are still doing things high together. School. That's really I know. Cool. We've I'm, always been... I'm still best friends with my high school best friend, Lacey. Hi, Lacey. Um, <laughs> Hi, Lacey. <laughs> she does flowers, too. She does, yeah. She presses flowers and frames flowers. So, Yeah. Look at us with our flower best Seriously. friends. We know what's oh, up. You no know, best friend like a flower best friend. <laughs> we know how to find them. Um, that's really cool. I mean, it's cool. Like, so when you were in high school, were you already like into photography stuff, or were you more into this fashion stuff? Yeah, I started photography. I guess like the second half of like my high school years, and just sort of was like, whoa, this is incredible like I feel totally like this is for me and was just like obsessively taking pictures constantly and did that like up through like I moved so I ended up moving to New York 
I guess I'll backtrack a little bit. Graduated high school, kind of didn't know really like what I wanted to go to school for and was sort of feeling like, oh, school again. Like I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I ended up like enrolling in the Art Institute of Portland, which is right downtown, but was like, I didn't really know what I was going for. I was like going for like a general degree and it felt like a waste of time and it felt like a waste of my parents' money. And I was like, I really just kind of want to work. Like, I, I just want to, like, I hadn't really, I'd been a dishwasher at my stepdad's cafe, and then I'd been a camp counselor for, like, seven years. So, like, I hadn't really had, like, real work experience right. yet, and I was taking a film class, like, at night, and I was like, film's really cool. Like, I've never really thought about this, but I was doing photography, so I was like, maybe this would be a nice transition for me. And so I was thinking about switching majors, but I was like, before I do that, like, maybe I should just, like get a little experience in film and see if this is actually what I want to pursue. So I ended up um, applying for an internship with Warner Brothers um, and got the internship. And then, uh, which was supposed to start in the summer, it was spring at this time. And then basically right after that, I guess Warner Brothers got rid of their internship program, period. Like they legally could no longer do it after I'd already gotten it. And I was like, oh, summer. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, well, I guess that's like, what oh, happening. Sorry, just kidding. But um, rude. they were like, if you want to apply to be an assistant, like in the art department, which is where I was going to intern anyway, they're like, you can just be like a PA. And I was like, sure. So yeah, I ended up better. getting, but they were like, it starts like on Thursday. And it was like a Monday. And I was like, <gasps> let's do this. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Holy shit. So I like immediately like took a leave of absence from school. I had my own apartment, like immediately like just sold everything I had and got on a plane that week and went to go do my first movie, which was like a three month film, Warner Brothers film. Um, so I moved here, worked my ass off. Like I had never, I didn't even know people could work this hard in their life and that the body could sustain it. <laughs> <laughs> but you were just like, not sleeping not eating like stressed all the time and I wrapped it and I flew back to Portland and I was in Portland for like maybe a week and I was gonna enroll back in school and get a place again and I was like I have to go back I can't be here anymore I I, like I in that like three months that I've been there like I completely had outgrown this little like Portland shell of mine and I was Mm. like once you've seen that side of life like you can't go back it's so yeah (laughs) so true yeah so I was 20 years old when this was all happening especially at that age oh my god I mean thank god I was that young because I would not have had the balls to do this at like 30 (laughs) well there's too much at risk at 20 there's nothing there's like "Eh, right I really had nothing to lose yeah you're looking for something to do you have nothing to lose you got nothing to do (laughs) yeah try this right and so I ended up like moving moving and came here and and just continued I did I ended up doing two no three features and one tv show um and like it was hard as hell and I was stressed all the time but I loved it and there was never a doubt in my mind that this is where I needed to be Mm -hmm. um just like hustling and I, I like was getting like high from it I'm like oh my god I want this forever like I love working nonstop yeah. and like not having a life that changes later on by the way <laughs> <laughs> oh we yeah we've yeah, had yeah. these conversations lately <laughs> yeah and so basically I did I was in film for I guess my first year and after that it was time for me to get in the union which was a pretty big move for me at that age like it was like a lifetime commitment and I really wasn't ready to make that decision so I was like okay well I think about getting in the film union 
I'm going to work in fashion because there's no unions. I could still more or less be doing the same work I know how to do right now. Um, so I ended up shadowing uh, interview magazine photo shoot, which was my first like fashion editorial and never left the fashion world. Also, my, I met my husband on my very first photo shoot. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's so sweet. Yeah. So you guys met doing work stuff. So did you continue working together after that? Um. So actually at that point, I no longer, I had like left the, I wasn't coordinating for him anymore. Like I would do jobs with just him, but like I wasn't full time at the studio anymore because that was like a whole other, that was like Devil Wears Prada. I am not built for that. Oh. I'm like a very like calm, easily destroyed soul. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, like, incredible. Like, I was working on, like, the most incredible, like, photo shoots and, like, getting to actually be, like, artistic, like, working for, like, Vogue and Italian Vogue and Vanity Fair and Interview. Like, I was just doing, like, these really insanely cool things working with photographers that I always wanted to meet and work with. So cool. So it was, like, the best, best work experience. But also, like, after a certain amount of years, you just go out and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I was sort of, like, done. I, I was, for the most part, like, in the office when I wasn't, like, on set for, like, an hour so I sort of went out on my own so we really weren't like working together full-time anymore but I gotta say even to this day like we haven't stopped working together even like it unofficially I'm like always helping him with his because yeah, he has his own company, definitely right? helping me with mine <laughs> sweet. he has his own company right I feel like I remember you telling me that yeah, so he ended up leaving that agency. He's now signed by Streeters, which is a different agency. But we own our – he owns his own fabrication studio right. where he, like, builds everything. He's a set builder also. Wow. And then we own a prop house and photo studio, which is a separate space. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think so... you had just, like – had you just opened it or something when I gave you your second facial? I feel I like you were planning so. a party. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I can't believe, I don't remember if that was the first one or the second one. I think it was the second one. I have a The past memory. couple years have been, like, a blur. Believe me. I can't remember shit, but I remember, I don't know. Obviously, it stuck out to me, our conversation. But also, I think the party was that night or something. Oh, it, it was. Been oh, oh, that one. was the most recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where we, like, totally, he built it out to look like a strip club with, like, yes. lips with, like, the smoke machine because wow. on top yes. of being, like, avid road trippers, which we do every summer in our van, like, we are at a strip club every single night. <laughs> oh, I love it. I remember waiting for you to post the photos on Instagram, and when you did, I was like, oh, shit. It looked really cool. Wow, that's it so cool. It's, cool. like, designing yeah. entire sets. Yeah, and well, he did that he for does. fun. Yeah, he does. I mean, he yeah. like builds stuff for fun. Like, I can't yeah. take this guy for not building something. Like, yes, he loves it. And then you're a photographer, but then you also do prop styling. So yeah, so I continue to do prop styling and and photo stuff. And I guess it was around like three or four years ago. I sort of started to get the feeling like, okay, is this really? what I want to be doing because I sort of I wasn't really doing the high fashion stuff anymore I'd sort of fallen into this like commercial world which was just like the opposite of creative I was doing like AT&T and like coffee me and like you know things yeah. like where I'm like wow there's really no actual like art involved here like I'm just following a brief and like killing myself like getting everything and like doing like these crazy budgets like it wasn't I wasn't having a good time anymore and it was really exhausting and I was definitely like reaching this point where I'm like okay I've been doing this essentially my entire like adult life like I haven't done anything else other than right. art department mm -hmm. 
And is this really what I want to keep doing? And so I was designing um, Mara Hoffman's um, Fashion Week show of September 2018. And Robin and I, Florida and I, we like teamed up and we were doing the show together, like creating it, making it beautiful. We're just like killing ourselves, like not sleeping, which is like the normal, like that's Fashion Week anyway. Like you're yeah. just not sleeping. You're you're hustling nonstop. Like you're sleeping three hours. And I, we'd wrap this show and I was so tired. And I was really like, I feel like I, I can't do this anymore. Like that really has to be the last one. But like, how do you just switch careers and like stop. And so it was the day after the show and I was having like a major, just like work hangover. I was in my office at home, like doing the budget, just trying to wrap this job out. And then I got the phone call about my dad and then boom, just like that life changes. Yeah. So my dad was previously sick with cancer five years ago and then he beat it and then got it again last year. And the second I got the phone call, I was like, I can't, like, I, I got to be there. I knew that it wasn't, he wasn't going to make it a second time. So I left everything that week and I was like, Nick, I don't know when I'm coming home, but like, I have to be in Portland. Um, so my dad ended up moving in with my mom and stepdad. And we've always been like the modern family. Like my, my dad and stepdad have always just been friends. They get along. They were just like mm -hmm. so sweet together. Like these giant, giant men mm -hmm. who like cook and like watch basketball. Your mom has a type. Yeah. <laughs> she has a type, yeah. <laughs> Although they, they're pretty opposite actually. But like deep down, they're definitely cut from the same cloth. And so my dad moved in again with my mom and stepdad and I moved in too so I spent the past year living in Portland and taking care of my dad and just having a complete obviously change of life you know I like I, I I didn't come home for like a year and then in that time Nick and I got married <laughs> in mm -hmm. my backyard oh, wow wait so your dad was there for that yeah, so oh, I was in Portland. Like, I'm very care of my dad, and we were just having like really long, hard days because the day before he actually found out he had cancer, like stage four, the day before he had had a stroke. Oh, so this was geez. like a double whammy. So mm -hmm. when I flew to Portland, like he, it wasn't. We really couldn't tell. Like he was like talking and stuff, but like muscle movement, like walking and swallowing. Like so, we were doing a lot of like physical therapy like during the days on top of going to the hospital and like we were actually living in the hospital for like a couple of weeks and then at home like our days were like our schedule was like packed like we were just like nonstop doing things like to help him out and physical therapy and whatever and so Nick was here in New York and he called me and this was in October and he was like you want to get married and I was like sure because <laughs> him and my dad were pretty close and Aww. and Nick was like you know I really like I would I really want your dad to be able to walk you down the aisle Oof, I'm gonna try not to cry oh my god we're all gonna cry it's okay <laughs> it's like I really want your dad to be able to walk you down the aisle and at that point we weren't really sure like physical therapy wise if it was gonna get better or worse and we're like the sooner the better I guess and so I think he asked me to marry him on like October fourth and by October 10th we were married wow. <laughs> oh I love that yeah, yeah. So special. he he flew to Portland I called like all my best friends here and I was like hey guys like getting married on Thursday <laughs> <laughs> want to come yeah. and, I mean honestly like Nick and I've like 
we've been talking about getting married for forever. Like we we're just like, we're married. Like, why not just like yeah, sign paper? Right. Like he's been like kind of asking for a while and I was like, F it, let's do this. Yeah. And so scrounge to get anyone that says it's like costs like money and like takes time to plan a wedding. Let me tell you, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I had 12 people at my wedding no, and no, it no, was no, like, no. you guys want to come to Connecticut? <laughs> Even though none of us are from there and we just like it there. Right. <laughs> and they came. <laughs> they came. So called my best friends in New York. I was like, listen, guys, getting married. Who wants to hop on a plane? So I ended up having 20 people, got married in my backyard. My mom just ordered, like, a bunch of, like, takeout Chinese food and, like, we just ate and, like, drank. My mom made my cake. My other friend's boyfriend happened to have his, like, whatever it's called, license to marry someone. So someone who already knew just, like, did it in our backyard. And then we ended up walking to this like veteran trucker bar that's down the street from my parents' house. <laughs> that's that is like the best old school, like truly old school. You walk in and there's like, I don't know, four people in there and they're like 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are honestly and, like, the kind of bars that I really love. I'm like, why do I identify with old people bars? What does that say? Oh, about it's, it's um, you just have to slow down and have a hard drink. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you should make bumper stickers. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like the best post-wedding party. It sounds like the best wedding great. Period. Yeah, the whole, we, best we did like an yeah. open our open bar for like everyone there, and it was so cute. There was like an old guy there in his like old vet cap, and he gave me like a five dollar bill for the jukebox. I was in like a big wedding. Oh, I actually like, oh, went, jukebox. I was like, on the wedding dress. You guys. <laughs> like, it's gonna be a small wedding, but I was like, it's small wedding in this. Dr- I was like, this dress is gonna be major. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And then you're so I'm like... in this like tutu wedding dress with like a veil. I went full, which is so not me. Like I'm. Like, like a jeans and a t-shirt and like a converse kind of girl but i was like why not just makes like it go like for serious. it <laughs> and you're at this bar with elderly and people. i'm at this trucker bar so these like ever all the old people there like loved it this like old guy gave me like five dollars for the jukebox like we opened an open bar tab which at the end of the night after like a million drinks it was like a hundred bucks for free ended up being uh, like a hundred and twenty dollars we tipped so them two hundred dollars because yeah, we were like so hey, nice. guys are great ended so up like good. drinking and like playing pool in my wedding dress till like two in the morning that sounds great it sounds like the most yeah epic. Perfect. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. That is epic. That's that all worked mean. out really nice. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Yeah, it was amazing. And actually like the next day Nick had to fly out the next morning for work. So like I woke up with like the worst hangover of my life and Nick's already like split. so i'm in portland things are obviously like getting rough all around in the family emotionally like having a really hard time but my dad like continued he was always like the best patient you could ever ask for like truly truly like he's always been like the most like gentle like bfg for real and like never complained was never anxious like took everything like a champ like we had to do like crazy crazy things like i like learned how to drain a lung you guys like this is like hardcore i would like drain a lung every three days so like we got we were in deep together but like partners in crime we were like in it together and we had the most amazing like nurses that would come to the house every day and like our hospice care was incredible um 
my dad's always been a night owl since I was little, like does his best work at night, like painting and writing and music, like everything. And I'm the same way. I feel like my hours are from like nine to two in the morning. It's like when I work best. Yeah, my boyfriend's <laughs> And like my, my husband's the opposite. He's like a 5 a.m. and by like noon, he's like dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually like works out because I'm like, he has his time in the morning because I sleep like crazy and then I have my time at night where I can do my things. So in the nighttime, like after all our crazy days, my dad and I would just stay up late and he was writing a little book and doing drawings for it. And I started making skincare. Oh, wow. That's when it started. That's so cool. Well, it, yeah, it, kind of, it definitely started before because I've always been a little bit of a perfume head for sure. Like mm. always super interested and just like an overall like sensualist like love smell and taste and touch like I've always been like so so curious like I've taken perfumery courses like just for fun that's so cool and was just and and like sort of ended up like finding my way into like just like working with essential oils to start with so it was easy and then sort of went really like deep dive into that once I started like you could not get me out and so this was sort of what I was doing even before this for like a couple of years, like at nighttime to relax. Like this was like my calm down time. If I was like stressed about work or life or whatever, like my happy place was like sitting in my office and just like mixing little potions. Like that's mm-hmm. always been my, so I was doing that a lot. And so when I was in Portland, I was like, okay, maybe this is actually what I need to be doing right now. Because when I come out of all this, like when this year is over and, you know, my dad's obviously going to pass away and I'm going to have to come back to New York. I was like, I cannot go back to the career I was at. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way I won't make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I really started taking it kind of seriously. So like in the wee hours of the night, my dad and I would just like sit and watch like B-rated like horror and sci-fi movies because that's our genre. My shame. Sure. I love B-rated horror. <laughs> but, yeah. We're like, how's the fly to play it? <laughs> Um, and he would draw and I would work on little concoctions and make him like test everything. I'd be like in your hand and I would give him like little like hand massages and be like, so how does it feel? How does it smell? Blah, blah, blah. Wow. (laughs) That's so sweet. And so I was like, when I come out of this, I really feel like I need to do something with this. Like I need to, if anything, just to get it out of my system, I feel like I need to like get whatever I'm doing like out into the world in order to move on to whatever the next phase is. And so the past like, I don't know, like six months, I've really been starting to take it seriously and making a little business plan and already like sort of designed my like branding. And I have one of my best friends making my logo. And so upstate wise, my mom's family coming back to you. Your your grandma's epic house. Her grandma. My grandma's epic house. My mom's mom has this epic property um, 15 minutes outside of Rhinebeck upstate in Milan. Um, So we've really, obviously, since like Corona, been spending a lot of time up there. And so I like planted a little garden. So Mm. I have like all these like herbs and like lavender and chamomile. Like I have my little like sanctuary up there and I've recently like on top of making like I'm doing like body oil and balm and stuff but I've also started distilling my own hydrosols like a real old school witch I I, do you have um a uh what is it called the copper still yeah 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 yeah. so I got it's actually really funny I got I ordered one on eBay (laughs) how is it and I got it it's so 
so small. Yeah. And like yeah. in the picture, I was like, oh my God, this like big party, amazing still. Like yeah, I'll yeah. still outside over a fire. And I got so it. And it looked it's like an individual person. That's so funny. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. So sad. But it's actually ended up being sort of a blessing because I'm, I'm still like learning obviously and I right. have to do small batches anyway. So I ended up ordering like a super nice one that's not here yet. But, um, yeah that's so exciting yeah um, it's really exciting but, um, I love that too because your grandma ha- I remember this is so creepy but like from your Instagram stories she had all those <laughs> copper pots and- I love copper pots and pans she does yeah which is actually amazing because I was like working with it a bunch last week and I was like how do I clean this thing and she was like let me tell you oh <laughs> nice Nana grandma knows, knows. <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you ever been to uh Enflourage? Um, yes, yes. I, they they like want to kick me out because I'll loiter for like an <laughs> hour. Is the best, <laughs> what right? is that? It's this really cute, tiny, tiny little essential oil store on Little West 12th Street. It's even it's way smaller than here. It's like half the size oh, of I've True never Beauty. Seen it. I've but the guy, the owner, that like, goes around the world and finds like the world's best essential oils from like everywhere. And um, yeah, That's it's so really damn incredible. Cool. But they have a little, they have that same exact spill, I think. I and... know, there's, but there's just like for display. Like they're... Right. <laughs> I love it. But it's awesome. They do um, free classes. They do like a free natural beauty class or what have oh, you. Oh, so cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It's okay, really well, awesome. maybe one day when things are not out. the way they are. And they have oh, wholesale okay. prices, which is Sweet. awesome because it's good, really, really great quality. It's like the, the top quality, the best. That's so cool. So that are you going to make making... essential oils also? Well, so technically I could. It's not really on my roster yet, but because um, I'm much more like interested in the hydrosols. But making essential oils is definitely just like a byproduct of making a hydrosol anyway. There yeah. is like a separate piece you can get that separates it for you. Um, but right now, because I'm doing such little batches, it really is just like a tiny, tiny trace amount, like so small. And you can see it like floating on top of the hydrosol. Oh, and I'm like, kind of yeah. like it in there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so damn cool. Um, so yeah, I'm it. doing, I'm doing so this that. is your newest project. Or this is my newest project. And it feels like it was definitely something that I was already doing and exploring on my own, like years prior, like before I even knew what I was doing with it I was this was just like my free time and like I've always like said or like been told that like what is the thing you do like that no one asks you to do that you do on your own time anyway like that's probably what you should be doing mm-hmm. you know like following it as a career so yeah totally. what drew you to skincare of all things like did you were you making products for yourself or was it more just like the smell I, like the ritual the ritual I sort of started getting obsessed with natural skincare a couple of years ago purely on scent basis because so I was like oh my god natural skincare just smells so much better than chemical mm-hmm. skincare and so I switched to natural skincare just because of that I was like oh these yeah. products just feel so much more beautiful and like skin was sort of like secondary to it and then obviously my skin got so much better right. after I did I was like oh so I've only used natural skincare now for about like three or four years. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've great skin. And then sort of I just inadvertently became like the go-to person out of like all my friends and family, like getting texts like, what eye cream should I get? What blah, blah, blah should I get? Who's the best brand for this? Like I'm just like the go-to girl. And I'm like, everyone's like, you need to start a blog. I'm like, no. Like, well, and I will make some great. products you can pay me for. But I, yeah. And 
I'm definitely not like going in like the skin skin direction because like technically like skin like I, I'm not like a scientist and I haven't like studied like skin skin like I don't want to make stuff for people it's gonna like burn them right. but like body care like you can do pretty totally. easily yeah but I've definitely been like getting super involved now and in, like where my sourcing is coming from because that's super important and it re- you really realize like how hard it is to find a supplier that you trust that like does small batch things you can like actually communicate with Mm -hmm. so at this point I think I've like found like every supplier for the things I need but it has taken a long time (laughs) are you gonna start with one product or do you think I was gonna start with two but also now that hydrosols have sort of like magically appeared in my life and I'm obsessed with them I'm like and maybe a hydrosol or two but they're so seasonal like it really is like you're using fresh material so it has to be like whatever you can harvest at the time yeah which is like another thing I'm learning I'm like not a farmer so I'm like (laughs) when does chamomile grow right like I gotta figure that makes it so much cooler and like more special yeah so it's been it's definitely been like an amazing thing to have during coronavirus is like this like project because I'm definitely one of those people that I think enjoyed quarantine anyway. But now that I have like a hardcore project I'm working on, I'm like, I could do this forever. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right? With like add the pressure of like work and life and everything. Yes. Believe me. Yeah. That's what the podcast has been for us, I guess. Totally. Yeah. Just like like something to keep your mind off of the real world stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's fun. And the same for us, we're like, we just like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) How can we like... Make this into a thing. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, wait, it talk. is a thing. Yeah, it is yeah. a thing. You just talk for like a couple hours if you want even. I uh, love it. It's so good. So you're planning on harvesting all of the ingredients or do you just want to source from? Mm, I'm planning on harvesting as much as I can just for the hydrosols because I have like the ability to do so thankfully because I can go upstate and do it. But then like obviously I'm working with like butters and oils and stuff that I cannot make myself. But um, I've like found some really amazing beautiful suppliers of like specific things like I have this one woman who I think the village is in Ghana and she has like the women making like shea butter from like the nuts and like the money goes towards like their education and like all these incredible things and you can like see everyone doing it and it's like six women like making like small batch like cocoa butter and shea butter and like and and it's gorgeous they're doing like old school methods and like old like amazing like metal bowls with like they're like churning and it's amazing um and everyone looks so like happy all the time they're all like singing and dancing yeah (laughs) and i'm like that's the cocoa butter i want to rub (laughs) yes honestly all that good juju seriously yeah yeah i'm still trying to figure out like my so it's kind of funny because since i've started this I was talking to Robin, um, Floratica Robin, and she was like, are you ready to be part of the wellness community? And it was so crazy because that truly did not even dawn on me. I was like, I never even thought about that because in my mind, like I love like photo and art and kind of like weird, cool things. And to me, it was just sort of like a part of that. Like I never really thought about like goop you right. know? yeah totally. I was like no 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 like those are not my people at all I'm like you guys are still my people like and I I'm trying to like still navigate like how to come out with this line without sort of like getting into this world that doesn't feel like it's me you know yeah. I'm like I'm not a woo-woo person at all and so I'm still trying to like figure out 
how to delicately like balance this thing because it is like amazing products like I'm using like the best things I can possibly find and so much love is going into it but like I also don't want to be at like Gwyneth Paltrow's summit you know yeah yeah (laughs) I know right you're like this is my art well it's a really weird space I think to be like I think the beauty space is really strange and I think that that's why Alex and I wanted to sort of be voices within it because it is very like black or white and it is very like this one type of person for the most part even if there are like sprinklings of like chocolate chips within the cookie it tends (laughs) to look the same so I think one is that there's there's so much space I believe for different voices and different opinions and two is I think now is the perfect moment especially when in media all these people are getting called out for supposedly being like female friendly and empowering and diverse and in actuality like you're Karen's like just like all a bunch of like <laughs> I you know <laughs> so I think like for sure right. there is like right now people are looking for authentic authentic diverse voices within right. beauty right. and I think like you... re- renaming I hate the fucking term wellness dude I hate it with all my passion I know I'm like, exactly oh, it, it should... I need to like make all new terminology right. too on top of making yeah. these products because it sounds wellness, exactly like when you say goop. the word wellness yeah, yeah it's, it's like wealthy white people yes. who like to eat plants we should know like make, it's like, such a specific exactly. um, what's it called um an acronym for wellness yeah white elite liberal yeah. ladies Ooh. Man, you are good on your toes <laughs> never eating um, making things up completely sugar sugar, sugar. <laughs> Or salt. It's perfect. Oh it's perfect. Yeah. Right. It, I, I think we actually just nailed that. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. I see exactly honestly. who that person is. Yes. But I think so funny. that's cool that you are taking that into consideration and that you will maybe change that yeah. a little bit, you know? Yeah. I'm really trying to been, like do my due diligence and try and track down brands that I'm like, okay, that's who I want to be or like aspire to in that world and I gotta be honest like I've come up like a little short lately mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of brands especially like natural skincare it's all very like like California beige Instagrams and everything like very, very much like audience. magnifies like we are sustainable we love our earth we blah 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 and that's incredible I'm not dissing that at all and like I do actually hold those values too but it doesn't feel like truly like me. Like I love like the New York freaks and like, totally. that's where I want to be. Yes. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out like how to marry these two things. Alternative um, lifestyle. <laughs> alternative. Right. That's how my stepmom refers to me and my husband. Like, oh, they're just living an alternative lifestyle as though we're like gay. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Right. So because funny. we're not, <laughs> I guess because I like the freaks, you know, like it's the same. Right. Yes. <laughs> But it's right. funny that what you're saying is like you just, if I'm understanding you correctly, is like inherently you are all of those things. And like, why should I really tout them where like my people, I feel like also inherently are those things. And so like, we are the people who they call alternative. Right. Alternative you don't need to like magnify like your goodness all the time. Totally. Like, right. I know my friends are good. Like we know we're, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. have to be like, we are the heroes of today, totally. <laughs> which we yes. are, but For real, it also though. feels like a little bit like self-serving. And at the end, like even just like packaging wise, I've been like looking into a lot of packaging and there's, definitely like a call for sustainable packaging and beauty which is incredible and I totally agree with but there's also like sometimes you get these products and the packaging is amazing and it like is biodegradable but you end up throwing it in the trash like 30 seconds after you open it Mm -hmm. and you're like wow that was a 
gorgeous presentation and now it's in the garbage. And if you know how to recycle, yeah. that's great. Some people don't, so it's not getting recycled anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, how do I even like work that into my brand? So I was sort of thinking like, okay, maybe you're creating packaging that you would like kind of don't want to throw away. So I was thinking instead of doing like, you know, like a card comes like with what it is. I was doing like thinking of doing like a weird little like book, like an actual like art book book that like you would keep Ooh. like on your bookshelf. Like you can see my, we are like big art book oh, yeah. <laughs> nerds in this house and making shelves. it sort of be like interactive, almost like a Pat the Bunny, but for like adults for like just like weird cool things and like incorporating like my friend's art and having like Robin do like pressed flower or something like yeah, something literally. where you don't like throw it away. So it's like not technically like sustainable, but it's also not something that's ever going to go in the trash. I like, like that. diptyque kind of right. Like diptyque can yeah. say what you will with them, but like nobody throws that, that vase away. Like once it melts right, down, right, you like keep that. Like you it. use it totally. Whatever the makeup brushes are, yeah, more and wax the, into it. And you're absolutely whatever. right. It's not even in my opinion. I'm not going to try to like label everybody but in my opinion the people who do that is not even about sustainability it's about like an aspiration thing right like look i can afford a 200 hundred dollar candle and even, even though it's melted like look all my brushes are still and then let me display it on totally <laughs> but then it's like you don't have to really like force the sustainability aspect it's like people are doing it inherently because of a different reason yeah which i think is kind right. of what you're what you're talking about yeah, yeah yeah i just want yeah i'm trying to figure out like my own ways around around the because I feel like in some ways it kind of can be a little bit of like a nasty world where it's like if you're not like all these things and like you get a little called out totally sure. and so I'm trying to obey the laws of the wellness world but also sort of <laughs> yeah. like Sheriff like veer off course and like do it in a way that feels more me so yeah I'm still trying to figure this out and and brainstorm ideas but I would love your guys's feedback if you yeah, have any of course 100% <laughs> absolutely we will yeah we could talk about that I mean yeah dude I'm gonna smell everything and feel everything I know too. yeah give us a little taste, taste I know I'm like I'm, I'm like gonna make once like things are ready this little like sample like packs and just give because I at this point I know so many like makeup artists and like people on set that I love I'm just gonna start giving it and like you guys like people that like yeah. you know are actually pros in this world and can give me real feedback and so be helpful especially so, you because you've made your own skincare in the past I yeah like you have a good grasp on I mean girl I feel like any advice from anybody who knows anything is probably good i'm not gonna pretend anyone like, do you know what anything. i mean i'm not gonna pretend like i know what i'm talking about especially after we've spoken to so many women who are like actually like actually making these incredible products that like my little stand that like artists and fleas i feel like does not like count okay well i've done i'm a step below you so don't, right. don't worry <laughs> Mine's still like high in the sky. I'm just, like just still like sitting here, like Pinteresting ideas. Yeah, I love it though. Oh, it's nice that you've had the time to do it too. You know, totally. And, like, yeah, really for sure. On it. Like, have had the the luxury of like time and not being distracted and like worried about like jumping back into work. Which I yeah. honestly, if coronavirus hadn't have happened, I probably would have done already at this point. And so obviously, it's a devastating thing that's happening right now but it's also for a little like I'm like whoa I actually was awarded some like time yeah Believe um, me. I know it's hard it's like awkward to say yes like I think most but people I think feeling, most people can agree yes as, unless unless you've had any tragedy which of course is awful and that's why it's so hard to say anything good about what's going on but I think that for the most part if you have 
humans are adaptable and I think you have to have some sort of like hope or some sort of happiness to like move forward. So I think it's only within our instinct to like look for the positive things that have come from this. And like the good thing is that most people do have like a little bit of positivity. If that is is the only one, just like I could sit back and yeah, totally. Like I could sit back and just think and just be with my thoughts for a little bit and figure out what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. I mean, I feel like so many of my friends, even if they weren't having a little bit of a crisis before this are now and not Mm -hmm. in a bad way, but there's definitely been like time to like stop and and step back and be like, whoa, is this like, what am I doing? (laughs) It's kind of crazy because we're all dealing with it now. You're dealing with it, but you kind of dealt with it before when your dad was sick. I mean, I've been quarantined more or less for like the past like almost two years, so Wow. This is kind yeah. of right. the same lifestyle for me, but I'm definitely having friends with like a little bit of a crisis being like, whoa, like a, one of my best friends is a stylist. And once Corona happened, she was like, what is this all for? Like, you know what I mean? She's like, what am I contributing to the world? <laughs> and she's actually, and yeah, for real. But she's also like pivoted it into like this incredible, like new, um, like project she's working on that could be like a really insane career choice for her. And it's amazing. I'm like, whoa, like all these revelations are happening. Totally. It <laughs> makes awesome. me happy Bring on the that revelation. people are thriving. Yes. You know? Yeah. Some are thriving, some are not. Not all. Yeah. But I mean, isn't that life, right? It's like, it's all about the way that you look at it. It's all about perspective, right? Like, yeah. glass half empty, glass, glass empty half full and totally yeah it's I don't know we could all sit in misery but I I personally can't I know I can't (laughs) I cannot so milk with your dinner for those who don't know is um a segment that we like to do about living in a multicultural world because well, we're all here, but also a lot of us are in multicultural relationships, and so we just like to joke and laugh about things that maybe you did or didn't know happened within other cultures. That like now white boys drinking to. milk with their dinner. Like white boys <laughs> drinking milk with their dinner. <laughs> and so, it's not too often that we actually have a guest where we can do this segment because we don't always know like what people's backgrounds are, what their partner's backgrounds are. Totally. So, so I'm great. excited that you chose yes. this one. So Tava, what's your milk with your dinner story? So my milk with my dinner is about Nick, who <laughs> my husband, obviously, who is actually um, from St. Croix, even though he's like a white boy, he's second generation. So he was born and raised in St. Croix. Um, and so the first time I went home with him for Christmas, I hadn't met his family at all, like never spoke to his parents like never met his sister we got there and like the first like day I realized I like noticed he was calling his mom mommy and I was like oh is he a mama's like (laughs) and then we like met like he has like a million cousins and family and as like the week went on I realized like all the men call their mom mommy like it's not like it's like it's like a mommy like an island thing like mommy but it's like mommy and um, and it's just like so funny because it's like these like tall like full grown (laughs) men calling their mom mommy mommy right that's so good (laughs) and it's just like it's just the island way i just thought it was the cutest thing ever oh that's adorable that was a great milk with your dinner great did you say anything to him about it the first couple times i like didn't say anything and then i really was like oh my god he's a mama's boy like right. I didn't I didn't because when I went home for Christmas we were only like three months into dating so like we were still like whatever and I didn't know his family I was like oh my god mama's boy and then I realized that his like cousin who came over who I also know who's like six five like dark like 
built guy was calling his mom mommy and his mom is like four feet tall yes <laughs> is it like a Puerto? it's like a puerto rican mommy like hey mommy yeah like a hey, mommy but it's like but your mom like, but it's but your mommy. Mommy. yeah but it's your mommy right <laughs> Oh, that's, that's so, so good <laughs> because it's so it's so because i would die if like the first time i'd I be went so to i'd be disgusted kyle's parents and he was just like mommy can you mommy what? i know i was like yeah oh, did, did i make a terrible mistake and then like okay don't judge don't judge you love him he's fine <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh I that is that. good oh. St. Croix, and you're like just like what else do I, do I not know about this man I know. So and like, I know, like, nothing here we about go. Saint Croix, like, I month guess. three, we're going to dive in. <laughs> That's so great. Um, oh, I guess we did have one question about, I guess, just tying into, like, current events and the Black Lives Matter movement, everything that's going on, and just how, you know, you're a descendant of Native people yeah. who are the original oppressed people of our country. Um, right. Like, how... Yeah, I guess we were curious as to, like, do, how does it all, I mean, I like to call it, like, the, the, our current revolution or, like, the new civil rights movement, because I think it's, especially now that, I mean, Pride is coming to an end, but it just all culminated around the same time, right? And so I think it's just, like, all of us oppressed people tired of shit and, like, demanding for change. Completely. I mean, it's, like, obviously such a like wild and powerful and like beautiful and hard time um but so necessary and i think that you know obviously like black lives matter is like a movement for people of color in general so like anything that's good for like black lives matter is also going to be good for the native community um i'm hoping there's not really been a lot of talk like you know instagram is just like flooded with things and i do feel yeah. like a little bit like indigenous people have still once again been left out of the conversation yeah, a bit um and i actually did a print sale maybe you saw it, alex on my instagram because i took yes. these photos at crow fair um during the summer and i was like okay i'm gonna sell these prints and originally I was going to have all the proceeds go to Indian Collective which is this amazing nonprofit that distributes money to the tribes and especially during COVID because the Navajo community has been like the most hard hit of like any community um but also when I was releasing these prints it was sort of like a weird like obviously it's hard to navigate this in the beginning and like you don't want to do anything wrong but I was going to originally sell these prints with 100% of the proceeds going to Indian Collective. And then this was the week that um, the Black Lives Matter blew up on Instagram. And I was like, I almost felt like I was going to get a little bit like reamed for not for sort of like redirecting mm. to the indigenous community, which is such like a horrible thing to say and think. But it was like a real train of thought because right. there were some like, you know, people were very like ready to attack for like not doing this yes, correctly right. when there really is no right way. Right. Like whatever the right way for you is, is totally. the right way. Right. And you're an um, empathetic person. It takes an empathetic person to think and say, like, is this my time to speak? Should I be quiet? Right? Like, it. I mean, I'm not, somebody right. else wouldn't and, have even thought it and would have yeah. just, like, posted whatever. Right. And, you know, you also, like, kind of feel a little helpless. You're like, okay, what can I do? Like, I am not the kind of person that's, like, very, like, loud in general. Like, I'm not going to, like, shout on a megaphone, like, during a march. Like, that just doesn't feel like me. But, like, what does feel like me was, like, art and photo. I'm like, that's how I know how to help. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, people are, like, people are, like, baking cookies and, like, selling them. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, do what you have in your toolbox. And, like, that is, like, every little piece builds the whole. 
So I sold these prints, and instead of doing 100% Indian Collective, I said 100% of the proceeds go to your nonprofit of, nonprofit of choice with a 25% suggested donation to Indian Collective. Mm-hmm. And the feedback I got was incredible. Not only were people like, yes, incredible, amazing, but I would say 85% of the people that bought one did 100% of proceeds to Indian Collective, which yes. I was not expecting at all. Like, yeah. not at all. Like, that blew me away. People yeah. know. They um, forget, but when they're reminded, they know. Right. right. You know? And we, I ended up sending, like, what was it, like, $2,400? Oh, like, great. we raised, like, a bunch of money. Yeah. I'm actually having a little hiccup with the prints right now. <laughs> She'll get them to they're you guys. Coming, Don't worry. <laughs> For anyone that's listening that bought a print, I'm very sorry but this is like so I had those negatives at color house which is where I get all my negatives developed which I never picked up when I brought them in last summer so I have to get them Uh scanned high res in order to make a print so I went there and they were like we cannot release any negatives that were brought to us pre-covid not yet so I was like oh so I just sold all these prints Um, you're gonna get blasted on the internet no one's like coming at me yet with a pitchfork being like where's my totally i just got mailed the other day from march 30th march 30th yeah honestly people are fine like we we know what's going on it's true if they can handle amazon being backed up i'm i'm also like listen like obviously like you you bought this like it was like a treat for donating to a nonprofit. so it's a little it's not like i like and i'm sure they view it as like a bathing suit and never send it to you (laughs) absolutely no I think that's awesome I love that I think I was saying to Elizabeth before you know I grew up on Long Island which is built on I mean a lot of I guess the country is built on ancient Indian burial grounds but Long Island very specifically and I feel like my public schools did a very good job of actually keeping all of that alive and you know I remember because I grew up on the south shore but the north shore was really I mean so many tribes had settled there and I remember we went on this one this just came back to me now we went on a field trip once and they were like I don't remember which um, tribe had settled there but they were like they used to use these rocks and painted their faces and we all they made us like put it on our faces and I remember feeling so like oh my god this was so long ago this was so cool and I feel like you learn about it a little in school and it's the same as like with just racism in general, you know, like those memes that are like, you know, Martin Luther King got shot and then that was it. And then everyone was equal and it was fine. You know, I feel like the schools taught us like great. They taught us the history. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, but they weren't like, yes. And all the homes you live on are were built you right. ruined their homes right to build your own you know like right they're like put so some, put this on your face and, and yeah that's enough. you right. know and i remember thinking it was really cool as a kid but looking back as an adult i was just like well that's fucking weird because yeah. they didn't yeah. really teach a little us bit of misdirected education yeah yeah <laughs> but just yeah. you know there's so much history there and i just think it's important for people to not forget and like i, I don't even know that people realize that there are still native tribes around currently you know I actually had a really funny thing happen to me the other day. This is like when the marches were still like very strong. Like two weeks ago, I went to a coffee shop with this black owned coffee shop in Bed-Stuy. And I met the guy who owns it and he's super sweet. And we were talking and I, he ran my card and he was like, Oh, what, what is your name? Cause my name is spelled funny. It's T A F V, which means feather in my language. So it's pronounced Tava, but it looks like Tav. <laughs> um, he's like, what is this? And I told him and I told him I was native American and he was like, you're Native American? It's like, yeah. He's like, 
I've never met a Native American before. Wow. <laughs> and he was like, would you like some free carrot cake? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he knew. I was like, knew, no, like, no, 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 I'm fine. He was yes. like, no, really. And he gave me, like, two pieces of, like, pound carrot cake. Oh, my God. Like, but he, it was like, yes. he was, like, needing, like, a unicorn. I was like, well, you know that we were know, still around. I think that it's, like, besides, I think that Native people are the only people, are, like, the only people that black, that black people can, like, not feel bad for, but, like, I always joke, like, black I don't have guilt. Do you know what I mean? Guilt, like, leave it to the right. Jews. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's Alex. Exactly. Guilt is not for us. I'm like, where's, you guys owe us, first of all, you know? Right. So, but I feel like Native people are, like, the one group that black people can just be like, yo, you got it worse than us, you know? Like, <laughs> they really fucked y'all right. up. Here, have some pound cake. Right. Like, it's like, it's at least like, I could specifically, do. like, like, trying to be like, I want to go to black-owned businesses and, like, do what I can to support. So I was like, I'm going to go to this guy. He was so sweet. Like, I don't want your like, money. Oh, my God. I feel <laughs> what can I do for you? <laughs> that was a great chat. That was a great um, chat. Yeah, we I, didn't even talk about the film, but that's fine. I, oh, we're just well, so moved. They just thought, yeah. I mean, it, they, it was just so beautiful because there's so many things that... Um, I forget what's the name of it. So if anyone wants oh, to look yes. it up, uh, I think it's called Under Her Skin. Under Her and Skin, yeah. It was originally made for the Front, um, which is like a website that features like female artists and stuff. But it, I think you just find it on like Vimeo or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it. I just want to say that it was the. I mean, I feel like such a nerd, but it was so moving. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was like your life in 15 minutes, but it was really wow, it was, touching. It was so fucking much that I couldn't believe they put all of that into 15 minutes. But so Alex and I were talking when we were like, why am I crying? Are you crying? <laughs> and I remembered hearing once that people, so people like people who are like them or like how they want to be and so when you see like somebody in sports like an athlete or a piece of art and it really moves you emotionally you're being moved because you see a piece of you in it and so that's like what I was saying to her I was like I think that that's the thesis of this entire film and then when we watched it the second time I saw that I think your father said art is a thread that connects all things on earth yeah. And like, holy shit, I could cry just from that. Exactly. And it just, it was just so beautiful. And so many of the things that your grandfather was saying about Native people um, really struck me, I guess, because we're in this moment of civil rights, right? And when he was saying that right. Native people don't have, first of all, do you prefer to be called Native Americans or Indigenous or Native people? Because I don't want to be a dick just like saying the I will take thing. I will take all of them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know if it was like a thing when people are like, oh, the colored girl over there. And it's like, oh we can't God. say colored anymore. You. I was like, did no one embarrass myself this entire time? We would have to like literally go over and edit. Right? <laughs> Each time. So I literally said that the other day, and I was like, oh, shit, but I was referring to myself, and I was like, wait, I can't do that. I was like, God, I'm like the, I'm like the dick on Instagram that's, like, oblivious. But like I, said, I just, like, said it in conversation, but I was like, us, like, color people. I was like, oh, my God, like, why, why did I just say that? I was like, You're oh the reason God. people like, still say so mulatto, sorry. girl. I know. I was like, oh, oops. No, but yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> I just felt like there's a lot of um, things that I could relate to specifically when you said there's no heroes that were alive for for native kids, and that I mean that was the real big one where I was just like, oh. yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, he spoke. Um, your grandfather, the way that he spoke, holy shit! I was like something about the way that this man speaks. I feel like I've known him in a past life. I I, I don't know. 
I love you're asking her. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> he was like a presence for sure. Like from all the stories I've heard. And like, he's also like come into my dreams at like the most insane times when I've like needed I'm him sure. most. Like I've actually only dreamt of him three times and they were so real. Like I swear so, it wasn't a dream. Like it he was, was him, there. Sure. Yeah. And one of the times was recently was the night before I found out my dad was sick. Wow. So like I, he, I was like, oh, like he's, he's. Wow. That soul lingers on because yeah. it's potent. Um, yeah, he is really incredible. He's the way that he speaks. I mean, obviously yeah, his stature yes. and just like his face, all of it. But whew, yeah. listening to that man talk, I'm just like, I feel like I know this voice. I feel like I just know him. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, right. two is like just to sit back at the end of it. I was like, so four generations of bad bitches. Well, no, two generations of yeah. bad bitches, two generations Mabel, of bad dudes. Also your great grandma. She was... The original yeah. bad bitch. Yeah, just like a whole lineage of of really incredible artists. Yeah, like so cool, really, really awesome. Yeah, I yeah. I'm definitely yeah a very special family, and it is like so weird. I mean, I love that we're talking about it because, like I said, it's so like you never like talk about your own family really because why? Right, right. <laughs> right. I'm not like my wise grandfather, <laughs> right? <laughs> like over drinks somewhere, but um. Yeah, they really were. I mean, like, it's a special, special lineage I got. I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, I can feel I them. It. I can feel them around all the time. Oh, yeah, that's I bet. Incredible. Oh, so great. <laughs> Tell people how they can find you if they want to maybe follow you on Instagram or see any of your work on a website. My Instagram account is just uh, at my name, T A F V S A. Did I spell my name right? T A F B S A M P S O N. I'm the only like top. Like when you type in Tava, it's gonna be the first one. It's like the beauty of having a a, a bizarre name is you get like free reign to like all the domains. Um. <laughs> so yeah, at Tava Sampson, and then my website is tavasampson.com, and that's all I got. You have some cool <laughs> photography on there, so people, you should check Thanks. it out. Yes. Thanks, girl. Thank you so much for hanging out with Thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll I talk can't wait till we can actually have a drink someday in person. Oh my God, one day. So you guys, I'm sure you can tell why Tava and I hit it off so well when she came in for her facial that day with me. Such a sweet, down-to-earth, caring soul, and it makes so much fucking sense. Look at the people who raised her into the great human being that she's become. Her stories are, so, they so easily come to life. I was able to envision everything she talked about. She's an incredible storyteller. Right? Yes. It was so easy to just sit and for once, for once for me anyway, to just like shut up and just take it all in. Like it was so incredible. It's really beautiful. Everything that she painted, all the pictures that she painted for us. Everything. Mm-hmm. It was just like a beautiful story. Um, also, if you Google Tava Sampson, T-A-F-V Sampson, under her skin, you'll find the amazing short film we were chatting about by Ramey and Kelsey Bennett. It's about 15 minutes long, and holy shit, it will make you feel all of the feels. You should really watch it. I have no idea how in such a short amount of time they just paint, they, you go through so many emotions, and you are going to be crying by the end of it, For and you're going to be confused as to why you're crying, but the only reason is because yeah. they just... They know, how to, capture they know you. how to capture you. Yes, yes, absolutely. But also her, and also, her story is great. Her story is great, but I think it's also such like a time capsule for this moment where we're all just like looking at everything that's gone on in history and looking at the true history of 
our people and of our land. And her people is such an integral part of our history. And it's something it that should like, it is our history 100%. It's 100% something that should be celebrated. And, you know, that's just it. Just celebrate it. And she, on her own, is a badass, period. Baddie. So, like, whatever she. She's a baddie. She's a baddie. You can find her on Instagram. I think she had mentioned in the interview that, um, and how she gets to use her name for everything. She doesn't have to make any shit up because no one else has her name. No, it's so original. So, if you want to search her anywhere, it's just Tava Sampson. Again, her first name is spelled T A F B. Samson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N. Yes. And <laughs> please uh, check us out on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. And the studio's back open. We're open. So we've actually met a couple of girls who were listening to the podcast and we made appointments. <gasps> and that was so special and so incredible. Love so it. if you guys live locally, make an appointment. Come see us. What One girl told me that she listened to the podcast and she was like, oh, I knew it. Come get a Brazilian for me. Because you're also a hairy Jewish girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she felt really seen. Yeah, that's like such a, it's a hilarious way for us to just connect with people. Be like, you're hairy, I'm hairy. Yeah. Just come in and hang out with and us. And we're Jews who have family in New York and Florida. It's just like how it is. Love it. <laughs> Girl, so make an appointment. Don't just show up here. Make an appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com. Yes. And we will see you guys next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.